All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and uh, yeah, I'm getting rid of this episode thing and season whatever. It's driving me nuts, man. This is this is what I've been told. Now the forty it's a short drive, forty third episode of Bull Bear Radio, forty third, forty three, which, which sounds way more impressive. Anyway, man, I have to tell you, that's a lot of work. Let's go, man. You know, so yeah, let's do this thing. We're gonna have a whale of a good time. I've got my whale tie on today, so we are going to have a whale of a good time. I even have whale socks on. Too much coordinating information. Coordinating. So I've we don't need to know what you're. Uh, we're going to march forward here. Just, yes. just leave it right there. Okay. Okay. Markets are marching higher as we speak. Marching. Marching. Yes. Like in unison, it's a beautiful symphony of positive returns at the moment. The S and P's hit not, new all time highs. It's not the Batan Death March then. Okay. No. 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 The Nasdaq. Hit eight thousand, eight thousand, eight thousand. I mean, it's it, it's uh, incredible. Holy moly! Incredible. Eight thousand. Oh my goodness! I couldn't wait for it. So after you know, uh, fifteen years, well, you had to wait for it for a while. You had to wait for it for a real long time. After the dot com bubble, it took fifteen years to get back to the high. Fifteen years. Well, if I remember correctly, back in March of two thousand, we hit a high of five thousand two hundred and eighty on the Nasdaq. Holy moly. 5,280. Uh, yeah, man. And it's at 8,000 today, sure? 18 years later? Are you sure it wasn't 5,280.86? Who cares? 72? Who cares? That's a that's less than a 3% return annualized per year. And everybody's getting excited because the, the NASDAQ hit 8,000. Well, average annual rate of return average. Yeah, who cares? It wasn't annualized. I mean, it's really. Right. I mean, honestly, I don't understand why people are getting excited. They lack perspective. Yeah, well, let's talk about a little perspective for a second. So let's talk about a couple of the bad things that are going on before we get good. We'll give you the bad news first. We're going to do bad news bears first? Bad news bears, man. China. China, oh my goodness. Has been defaulting on corporate debt very quietly. Nobody's noticed. I noticed. Maybe you noticed. I noticed. But nobody's talking about it. Well, I don't understand that because, you know, China is kind of uh, drowning in debt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. They got all this debt everywhere in the banking system, off the banking system, shadow banking system. You got it. And the whole thing is propped up by the Chinese government. Yeah. And, you know, they're not exporting what they were. No, everything's slowing down. Everything's sitting out in the ocean right now. You know what happens? Container ships. You know what happens when you tariffs and such. When you have a lot of debt and your cash flow starts to go negative, it's really difficult to pay that stuff off. And so people default. Yeah, there was a, a big time article about the rise of China out on uh, uh, Bloomberg. Very nice article this uh, this past weekend, read it. And, uh, you know, it speaks about them uh, not wanting to be a superpower, but wanting to be a superpower, but they don't use the word superpower. And they don't want to tell people that they 
want to be the superpower. Well, they do about want making... to be the superpower. They just don't want people to know that that's yeah, what they want. Yeah, and, and they know, know they have to make certain financial commitments to, you know, um, you know, be a superpower. So, for example, you know, they were looking at, I, I read, and this was a little disturbing, um, Antarctica, exploration in Antarctica. You know, we spend X amount of dollars in the United States and the rest of the world on exploration of Antarctica. Uh, the article was slanted towards how much oil and, uh, you know, natural resources are, uh, you know, bottled up underneath Antarctica. And that's what the, <laughs> the Chinese were looking at. They want to yeah, make man. sure that they stake their territorial claim there, which has been a big problem, right? Japan, uh, Abe, right, is up for re-election there. It's supposed to be a landslide victory, but he wants to revise the World War II era constitution, which says basically- Japan's constitution. Yeah, Japan's uh, constitution, that they cannot wage war. So now he wants to sneak in there a referendum, essentially, that revises the Constitution to allow Japan to flex its muscle regionally or, or, or just, internationally. They may want to just protect themselves. Right. They may be feeling a little bit squeezed. nervous. Right. Yeah, about you know the pressure that China's been bringing on them but these are from a geopolitical, economic, yep. and otherwise standpoint. So, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting there saying, uh, you know, people are telling us that we have to, like— protect ourselves yep well we can't do that unless we change things yeah and and there's there's been a lot of geopolitical man you got to read a ton to actually try and keep up with this stuff russia turkey iran china syria japan i mean all italy. these places have big oh, things going on italy baby well, even sweden right is going to have a, a a vote towards uh a nationalist probably movement towards closing down the borders they're worried about their you know the folks that are to the left and right and especially if you're looking at the map to the right which is russia right uh those guys are getting worried a little bit about the what's what's to come in that neck of the neck of the woods so well, they really want to yeah. uh, tamp down on the borders and such pop Populism, you know, tends to be uh, kind of a firebrand, and it, and it creates a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, things could get pretty uh, scary and wonky. Yeah, you well, know. the good news it, is... As, as we see these, uh, these uh, you know, elections in the U.S. and around the world progress, I think we're going to see some... Um, you know, shifting sands, things are going to get a little crazy. Yeah. Now you talk about, you know, the U.S. I mean, we've got midterm elections, you know, coming up here. So I'd expect the heat to get ratcheted up here in terms of, uh, you know, what's in the media over the next uh, few weeks. And I would expect some volatility due to, you know, some really uh, insane news stories in this upcoming <laughs> news cycle. you got to expect after would, Labor Day, bombshells are going to drop. Yeah, you know, I think that, you the know, bombs are going to drop. I think that the news cycle is going to get even toxic. more insane and toxic than it has been, which... I'm not looking forward to because, you know, the whole world, especially the U.S., has a growing anxiety problem. We see it with, you know, all of the violence and, you know, even the self-violence that people have. So I don't think this is a good cycle. But let's get back to debt for a minute and let's get back to economics because I think that's where we're supposed well, to I'm be. Well, I'm just talking about risk here. I understand. Geopolitical the, risk. The markets have some risk. Near term, definitely geopolitical overhang. But, you know, Italy has gone back to, you know, the European community and the, and the uh, ECB 
and they I need know. some more money, money, baby, more quantitative easing. And you know, the the European Bank and the EU is trying to get out of the quantitative easing business. They want to go to QT, which is quantitative tightening, like the U.S. You know, uh, and follow along. They got to get their interest rates out of neg- negative territory. Mm. Mm. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's that's some of the bad news. I mean, you know, you got some debt problems. Turkey's got them. Italy, you know, is in the news now. China, et cetera. So, uh, enough with the bad news stuff. Absolutely, I mean, we let's can come switch up with, this thing up. I, we, we I, I want to be having a happy day here. You know? Yeah. Well, you you came in all happy today. I yeah. Mean, now you're dragging me yeah, into the gutter. Come on, man. It just ruined your your your. You know, festive mood. My positive mojo. Yeah. So, uh, earnings season, right? We're, we're not going to kill this one, but dude, it's this is good news. Good news. Man, I heard this morning, I, I, I read a really great article. I was wondering about this myself. I didn't do the calculation, but this morning, there was hmm. a study that was put out that said that, you know, uh, a, a lot of people are saying that this earnings cycle at, you know, plus 25% growth rate yep. is so strong because of the tax effect of the Tax Act. You it know? was the whole Tax Act. It yeah, just did the whole that's thing. That's all it is, right? In fact, um, you know, a uh, guy puts out a, uh, a really good report this morning and said, if you... F- uh, factor out if you back out the tax effect, the S and P five hundred did nothing. Earnings right, it did nothing. Are still growing by seventeen point six percent. Seventeen. Seventeen point six percent, which is a huge, huge number. Man, that's really a good number. Hey, man, that's it- strong. We got GDP this morning. Second revision to GDP bumped it by a tenth. Man, we went to four point two. Better. Better, and they bumped the first quarter up by a tenth to 2.2. So we're operating at about a 3.2% annualized GDP growth rate. Anything over three, I take my hat off to the policy that's being developed, the Trump administration. We're really rocking and rolling. I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think that what's going on right now is working. We've got faster growth. We do. Which is what we need to heal all of the financial problems, not only in the U.S., but in the world. Yes, definitely. Faster growth. growth, We need more growth. growth. So talk about growth, sales growth, right? S&P 500 companies, 9.43% this quarter. Awesome. Really good, man. Awesome. And you know what? Uh, Last couple of days, consumer discretionary has been getting, you know, trashed. Uh, because, retail, baby. Uh, because they're revising their forward forecast. Specialty retail. They're, I, they're, they're especially, they're, they're uh, coming out with uh, really great earnings beats for the most part. And uh, they're just saying that, you know, uh, next quarter, maybe not as good. Right. 8.7, uh, 8.79% sales growth this quarter. 71 to 75 reporting. Pretty darn good. Earnings, 21%. So, I mean, it's doing good. Where Staples, yeah, that got beat up earlier this year. 11% earnings and 5% uh, sales growth. So, really, consumer discretionary doing better than the Staples at the moment from a earnings and revenue perspective. But this is, this is really strong. Man, you do not want to disappoint with the high expectations that are baked into this market cycle. If you do, you get taken out to the woodshed, you go into the wood chipper, and you and basically, it, hurts, it, it gets yeah. ugly from there. Information man. technology, 70 to 72, 35% earnings growth, 13% sales growth, pretty rock star. And man. you wonder why technology is leading the pack. I mm-hmm. mean, it's leading the pack on sales and earnings growth. And, you know, there's a reason why it's up there. Yeah, financials, on the other hand, uh, 22% earnings growth, only 5. 
2.89% revenue growth. Man, that's stunning. That's actually much better than I thought it was going to be. We've got the biggest interest rate squeeze going in a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the yield curve is flattening, flattening, flattening. Oh, it's flat. Yep. Uh, it hasn't inverted yet, but it's flat. Right. All right. So we're at flat. Um, September's rate hike could push it negative. In that environment, banks have a hard time growing. Yeah. By the way, banks, right? We're but in they're the doing news. good. We're in the news this past week. They've trimmed substantially their municipal debt exposure. So municipalities, one of the biggest buyers of uh, muni debt, muni debt is our banks yep. and you know institutions, other institutions, investment managers, pension funds, endowments, foundations, all that kind of stuff. A little bit of risk there, but because you know people aren't getting paid handsomely to own that debt, more people are are deciding not to buy it. So that's a problem potentially. Oh, it might be a little problem for if you're a muni uh, issuer or issuer. Yeah. Right, issuer could could get a little hairy because you, no, you don't have buyers. Yeah, man, everything's going to high yield side. Then, then you might high have yield, to default yield, on your yield. debt. That's not good stuff, man. People are chasing yield, man. Yep, and, and there's definitely yield to be had in the dividend paying stock uh, side of the equation. I think it's a great alternative see. to the debt side, man. You've got companies that are just have blockbuster earnings. The debt side, especially in the high yield area, not as strong as the financial performance of, you know, uh, these companies that are growing so fast. Okay. So look, the business building corners coming up in the second half of the episode here, but first, right? When this thing comes out, it's going to be Friday. And Freaky you, Friday. You know what happens on Saturday? <laughs> We've got game day, baby. It's game day, man. Saturday down South, right? Yeah, man. So, uh, prediction, right? Gamecocks are playing. Uh, Coastal Carolina season opener at home. Who who do you got? You got Gamecocks or Coastal? Gamecocks, baby. Gamecocks uh, all the way. Crush it. Crush I think, it. I think it's going to be pretty pretty crazy, man. Oh man, I think they just keep, I, they're they're strong. Yeah, they're they're looking pretty good. Big expectations. Going to be playing on a brand new field down at Williams Bryce this weekend. You too. bet. Yeah, so, they got a new field. They, they, the reporter wanted to know, hey, you you think they. Uh, you know, are going to be able to play on that field because Beyonce and Jay Z just played a concert there, so they ripped up the whole field, right? And uh, it's a pay and play turf, but you know, Muschamp uh, got pressed on. You know, you got to go out, out and walk around on and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he was like, "Are you kidding me, dude? They do this all the time." Grass is grass, dude. We'll grass be fine. is grass, dude. We're, We're going to play a game. They're going to play. So They're anyway, play. that's uh, you know, uh, that's a predict. That's Don's prediction. I got. I of course got the Gamecocks. So. Gamecocks. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll be right back. Exciting announcement. Our host, Matt Shriver, has been awarded the 2018 Outstanding Young Alumnus Award by the University of South Carolina. Follow Matt on Twitter at WBI President as he enjoys homecoming weekend this year and formally accepts this honor. Go Gamecocks. Yeah, and so we're back here, you know, as always. uh, Follow us, you know, on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, at WBI President. Don Shriver is over at uh, WBI CEO's The Handle. Tell everybody you out. know about Check this out. podcast, man. We're bringing fun back to finance. Maybe. Maybe. Come on, Arguably. let's have some fun with Arguably. it. Arguably. I mean, you know, well, we're trying to have fun with it. Business building. Okay. Yeah, man, let's build a business. So we're talking Institutional, a couple of world-class financial services And, and Don wrote the book about this. It's it's out there. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, it's, you know, it's out there. It's 
you know, uh, a Dearborn trade book. Um, so if you, you want to go pick it up, you probably can get it on uh, Amazon. You, you probably know? probably pick it up cheap. But hey, it's got some gems in there. It is. It's got some gems. So we did the first three mistakes a couple of weeks back, right, that uh, business builders, uh, folks that are trying to biz- build their business make. We are uh, on to number four, five, six, seven, and we're going to preview number eight today. So Whoa. mistake number preview. four, right? Yeah, man. Personal vision doesn't meet the business's vision. What's that mean? So, man, I tell you what, you know, a lot of times, you know, I have in my mind that I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, spend time with my family, more time. I'm right. going to go to the beach, right? Right. I'm going to play more golf. I'm going to have a lot more time because I own my own business and I am not having to. When's the last time you played golf? Okay, we're not going to go there. Mistake I, number I, four, personal vision doesn't meet the uh, <laughs> Exactly, the that's vision. it. That's what we're talking <laughs> that's about. That's why we're talking so about. So my vision in my head says that I'm going to be able to do all these things, and I end up, you know, working all the time, mm-hmm. and I don't get the benefits of being a business owner. You know, my boss, you know, people people quit jobs and start businesses because they boss? think that their boss is a jerk. Wait until you hire yourself. Then you've got the worst boss in town. Uh-huh. You know. All right. So personal vision doesn't be, meet the business's vision. So you should try to have some balance. You should have, you have personal goals life. that yep. you outline. You put yep. down on a piece of paper. And then, obviously, you have to have a business plan, which we'll talk about in well, a minute. Well, you know, if you, if you don't really these hold... These things have to match up. If you don't hold yourself accountable for the personal goals that you have, your business will steal your life from you. Okay. You know, I said in the book that the business will become a rapacious creditor stealing your life from you. And it will, because you end up having to wear quote all on, these different quote on, hats. Quote, rapacious predator? Is that what you just predator. said? Predator. 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 And a predator. Well, pretty much. Pretty much. So, you know, uh, you want to make sure that you have your business goals aligned. I, you know, uh, wanted to have a more quality of life, and I also wanted to build this world-class financial services business that would essentially, you know, uh, dominate the, uh, the industry. Uh, those two things are in conflict. More mm-hmm. personal quality of life and, you know, huge business. And my mentor at the time uh, told me that, you know, uh, decide which one is most important. Building the business and then you don't care about your family and your quality of life or which comes first, family or business? Mm-hmm. Success. And so I had to choose. I chose family. Mm-hmm. And I still have this conflict constantly trying to st- keep in balance okay. between my you know, uh, uh, goals for business and, and personal success. Right. Mistake number five. Go for it. Okay. Business owner does not uh, diversify or, or segregate the business assets from the personal assets. Here's a big one, right? So one of the things we said in uh, mistakes uh, one, two, and three is that, you know, the business owner, uh, business owners, especially in the financial services they business, kill. we kind of eat what we kill. We spend, you know, what we make, and we don't reinvest in the business significantly. Big mistake. You know, many big, times, big. you know, when I was giving these, uh, you know, business building seminars, Business uh, uh, people would come up and say, 
you know, can you do this for me? No. And you're going to have to pay somebody, you know, a, a coach maybe. Yep. And you have to be willing to reinvest in your business infrastructure. You got to hire people. So one of the other things that we said is that the business owner should be doing only the thing that creates highest, the most value, highest, yep. best use, and hire other people or outsource everything else so that you can bring the most value to the table. Right. So you have to segregate. You got a yes. budget. And so what we did is we built we, we built a WBI bank, mm -hmm. right? And instead of taking all of the profit out of the business, we left the paid the tax and left the profit behind. Man, it's really hard to pay the tax and leave the money behind. Right. But we did. And so you have the foundation of your own essentially capital base to build a bigger, stronger more competitive. And you don't have to business. go to the bank to go get the money. And you don't have to go into debt. People go into debt. They think it's going to solve their problem. They can't pay their debt service. Cash flow may not be as consistent yep. when you're trying to build this thing out. It's a lot better not to have a lot of debt. It, it, debt's okay as long as there's balance in the amount of capital that you have, the cash flow you have to uh, pay the debt service, etc. And so these things are really okay. important. So you got to segregate build business your own assets. Bank. And, from and, the personal assets. And don't use, reinvest in the don't business. use your, your retirement assets as your business bank. Because, you know, if you're just robbing uh, Peter to pay Paul, you're taking it Not from good. one pocket and putting it in the other, you will never be able to retire. Yes. Mistake number six, fail to identify your target market. Oh, man, this is a big one, right? I see these every day. I meet with a lot of advisors uh, on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, talk to them on the phone, all kinds of stuff like this. I mean, mistake number four, you see all the time. Mistake number five, all the time. All the time. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, one, one of the places to start is, you know, where, where What's my, no, what's my target market where I have a value proposition that is better, stronger, uh, than other competitors. Where can I work most effectively? You know, when I came into the business, I had grown up in a business owner family. And so I decided that I knew business owners. I knew what they thought about. My dad, his whole life, talked about the business, the problems associated with that. I had more knowledge about business owners than I did just about anything mm -hmm. else. And I grew up there, so I, I went after business owners. And business owners close to retirement I decided had the greatest capital base, the greatest potential for my income, therefore, right? Right. Larger capital bases are better. They had more problems to solve, which gave me a better value proposition. And so that's where, uh, you know, we decided to build our target market. In addition to that, that came at, what came out of that was a search for investment solutions, which would be better, would fit better for clients in retirement that needed high current income inflation protection, you know, so and, so and yep. very low risk to capital. And that's why we got in the investment management business. Right. But one of the other things that you want to do is you don't want to have one target market and you don't want to go with the flow. I hear so much about chasing millennials. Millennials do not have large capital bases for the most part on average. Right. And I hear the uh, maybe twenty years that, from now that people after taking they, money out, they don't want those clients either. After they inherit, you know, money or they build their own capital bases successfully based on their work and savings, 
And, you know, big companies that are chasing millennials are making an investment that they can afford to do because they have the capital base and the staying power to do that. As a small business owner, you don't. You got to make sure that your, your target market can meet the needs of your business. Mm-hmm. That's really critical. Don't have one, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Even though I worked with business owners, I also had a pretty good feel for high compensated executives, executives at the top of the food chain. And so we did a lot of business with them. Sure. Professionals, right, was was my third target market because they were business owners, but they had a profession and, you know, they had their own needs that we could meet. So, you know, you want to have at least two or three target markets identified. And if your primary target market, your number one market, starts to dry up dry up, or you get less competitive there because somebody came in and basically ate your lunch, you've got target market number two that can move to one and number three to two. Mm-hmm. Great. So um, mistake number seven, we offer the wrong product or service to folks. So here's, let's just go back to that retirement analogy, right? You know, the, the industry for the last 10, 15 years has been wondering what's going to happen to it on the money management side as investors start to withdraw capital. You know, the traditional approaches are not withdrawal friendly, right? Anything that takes large losses in bear market cycles, which is the typical buy, hold, passive asset allocation, all this stuff, without active risk mitigation or a purposely driven uh, portfolio allocation process that can take risk and reduce it dramatically, investors won't stay the course. And if you're in withdrawal phase, you basically do compound liquidation on your assets. So having the right product to fit that need would open a tremendous opportunity, you know, and making sure that you have the right products for what comes next, not what has happened recently, is really important. I think investors and advisors are making a mistake because they're really very hard in sync with the bull market phase, and they really haven't segued to what's going to work if there's a bear market phase. Right. Protecting their assets and still garnering a decent return, getting more defensive, you know, and having a plan to do that. So... You know, these are products, there are products out there that have been developed that way, and you've got to start putting those to work in your portfolios. So, uh, next time, right? This is for next time. Mistake number eight. No written plan, no roadmap for the business. And and the next few uh, mistakes here, 9, 10, 11, 12, along with eight, are geared around the mistakes you make, but are easily correctable and can get you right on the right path. Hey, without a plan, all you're doing is you run, you know, your daily life by this by the seat of your pants. Right. And pretty soon your pants wear out and you wear holes in it and you're really walking around without any clothes on and you're in big trouble. Okay, so next time uh, on Bull Bear Radio, okay, we'll, we'll be back. Wear your clothes. And uh, <laughs> please wear some clothes. And uh, we'll... Uh, Let's get a plan. Write it down. Yes, So we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ABV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Inc.